From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. And as I've said many times, we're here in very, very interesting times. I think many of you would agree. One of the important battlegrounds that we have observed in recent months, especially, social media. Now, for the last few years, one of the things I've talked to you about, it's been kind of a regular theme, hasn't it? How it's no longer just a matter of big governments potentially undercutting your rights, corporations refusing to provide funding to gun makers, gun dealers, things of this fashion. I've said before, they don't necessarily have to pass a law or some executive order. At least the government doesn't. Now they've got big corporations, specifically big tech, that's willing to do their bidding for them. In fact, we've had instances where government has come along and said, hey, you need to stop this message from getting out. And we've seen very compliant companies willing to do what the government asks of them. We have agendas that are basically in sync. And I think many of us have understood this for quite some time. And then enter Elon Musk. And before I go into this story, I want to be very clear about something. I am not a person who would embrace Elon Musk as some sort of a hero. I am intrigued by what he brings to the game in terms of the track record that we already have in opening up this particular platform, like one of my favorite users of this platform, Babylon B. They are back on again. There are people I'd don't give a rat's rear end, whether they're, whether they're on Twitter or not. But the overall point I'm making, as it relates to Elon Musk, is he's put himself squarely in the battle on this issue of free speech. Now, I'm not saying I would perfectly align my views with his in terms of how he's going to operate this business. I, in fact, I don't know. There are a lot of mysteries here as to where this thing is going to go. I will say that I see positive signs here by what he has done thus far. And it's very interesting that the left has immediately started to attack the new Twitter. A lot of people refusing to post to use the platform anymore because he is part of it. He's now been lumped in with right-wingers. I give this man credibility enough 
that the message he is delivering today is one that I think we need to take very, very seriously. UK Daily Mail is out with his story. And by the way, this is the way Elon Musk refers to himself. This is not a, <laughs> a slam. He's called himself Chief Twit. Elon Musk. Saying tyranny is all that lies ahead of free speech is lost in America. As he prepares to release sensitive Twitter files on suppression. Calling this a battle for the future of civilization. I don't think this is an exaggeration at all. You know as well as I do, you control information, you control a great deal. Now, even though Twitter is not all of the communication universe, this platform and its reach is huge. So Elon Musk puts out a tweet yesterday about releasing files on its own free speech suppression. He is basically looking to expose the practices of the past. Expected to disclose the full details of Twitter's 2020 censorship of the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. Boy, this is going to be interesting. He has called the platform's decision on this obviously incredibly inappropriate. And he said releasing this information about Twitter's response to the laptop story was necessary to restore public trust. I have to hand it to Mr. Musk here. How many people are doing things right now to earn your trust? Let's be honest about this. Do you see people falling all over themselves to earn your trust? There are a lot of people who presume upon your trust. There are candidates. There are political parties who believe that they own you. That you're obligated to listen to them, to respect them, to follow them, to trust them. I applaud Elon Musk for making it clear public trust has to be earned. And the way you do this is by honesty, transparency. So, the plan to release files on free speech suppression. Full details of Twitter's 2020 censorship of the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, Twitter deliberately prevented users from sharing links to a front-page newspaper article about Hunter Biden's private life and his controversial business ties to Ukraine in the run-up to the 2020 election between Biden's father and Trump. The new Twitter owner is also being monitored by the White House to see if the site itself could become a new conduit for misinformation. <laughs> These folks don't stop, do they? I think this is an encouraging sign. The White House needs to be afraid. Because you know as well as I do, these 
are very deceitful people in the White House. And they've lost an important platform. That's what's happened here. Is this a black and white battle? Not necessarily. I can tell you what's coming out of the White House is clearly black. (laughs) It's evil. It's dark. They like misinformation. We're going to talk more about this story. Also, get your thoughts on where this battle goes and how this might impact free speech in the future. Also coming up, a very important amendment to a bill that is circulating through the Senate. I'm going to tell you why this is so important. And events in China, where do they lead? That much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. So Elon Musk is going to release the internal files from Twitter over on the text line. People clearly have an understanding of what has happened historically. This texter saying the government and corporation, they're fused together. One gives the other money. The other gives them regulation that keeps them rich so they can keep giving money. Kind of circular, isn't it? Crazy. Bezos and Zuckerberg have laid off 10,000 and more employees, and they get no flack for it. Musk does it. He's anti-worker and selfish billionaire, of course. This person expecting Elon Musk to follow through. If he does not expose all that truth after mentioning it, then he uses a word to describe him that I'm not going to use on the air. Doesn't Facebook promote misinformation? Boy, there's an understatement. So Elon Musk wants to air all of the internal documents related to the censoring of the Hunter Biden story before the 2020 election. Saying the public deserves to know what really happened. Yes, they do. Hours later, Monday evening, Musk followed up his comments, characterizing his plans as a battle between freedom and tyranny. This is a battle for the future of civilization. If free speech is lost, even in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. He's right about this. Days earlier, Musk responded to a Twitter user who asked whether he would release all internal discussions about the Post's laptop story. Raise your hand if you think Elon Musk should make public all internal discussions about the decision to censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop before the 2020 election in the interest of transparency, the user tweeted. Musk responded and seemed to imply that he would. This is necessary to restore public trust. Musk vowed to make his social media platform a more open digital town square when he took over the app earlier this year saying free speech is the bedrock 
of a functioning democracy. Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital, the future of humanity, are debated. That's what he said upon the purchase of Twitter. For those of you who might need to be reminded of the history of this story, it was John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of the computer store where Hunter abandoned his laptop, gave a copy of its hard drive to Donald Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, September 2020. Giuliani leaked documents and photos from the drive to the New York Post. Also gave a copy of the drive to Trump's former advisor, Bannon, and his podcast host, Maxi. The Post published excerpts of emails and photos from the laptop ahead of the 2020 election, but without authentication. They were widely dismissed as fake or Russian disinformation. Boy, we know the truth, don't we? The laptop provided evidence about Hunter's foreign business dealings and even linked him to illicit illegal activities like prostitution and serious drug use. Now the contents have been verified by numerous outlets. Very convenient, isn't it? In April 2021, DailyMail.com published the contents of a report by Merriman and Associates showing the laptop was real and continued to reveal its sordid and potentially incriminating contents over the following year. Using the same forensic tools as federal and state law enforcement and criminal investigations, Merriman Associates found a total of 103,000 text messages, 154,000 emails, and more than 2,000 photos on the hard drive. Isn't it amazing? UK Daily Mail. Where's the American news media on this story? Suppression. And really, suppression at the most critical and dangerous time. So I, for one, will be very, very eager to learn what was going on behind the scenes with Twitter. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about legislation that was making its way through the Senate on same-sex marriage. Now, I was basically um, kind of poking holes at the idea of this legislation from the standpoint of uh, and basically, I've said this. If you're going to tamper with marriage, just open the floodgates to anything and everything. You don't have any moral basis to restrict anything. Because one of the things it was determined to prevent was polygamy. And I made the point, if two men can be married, the whole idea is to have a man and a woman in a marriage. If you've blown that up, how can you restrict the number of people in a marriage? What argument, what moral argument do you possibly make for that? I don't think there is one. I'm not advocating something. I'm just saying this whole thing is a slippery slope. But nonetheless, there is an effort underway to try to mitigate the damage from this nonsense. Two GOP senators have announced support for religious liberty amendment to the same-sex marriage bill. Two of the 12 Republican senators who voted to advance the so-called Respect for Marriage Act announced they would support Mike Lee's religious liberty amendment created to keep the federal government from targeting or retaliating against any person or group 
for adhering to sincerely held beliefs and moral convictions about marriage. Senators Dan Sullivan and Cynthia Lummis, who voted November 16th to advance the same-sex marriage bill, told the Daily Signal over the weekend they would support Lee's amendment. Spokesperson for Lummis, Stacey Daniels, told the publication the senator will support the Lee amendment if it's brought to the floor. She did not directly answer whether she would insist on the amendment's adoption as a condition for supporting cloture. But hopeful, her colleagues will join her in supporting the measure. Sullivan spokesman Mike Reinert telling the publication Friday, the senator supports both an amendment from Senator James Langford and Lee, adding Sullivan has been working hard to ensure these amendments get votes on the Senate floor. A support from Sullivan and Lummis comes after Lee sent a letter last week to the 12 GOP senators who voted for the Respect for Marriage Act, asking them to reject the RFMA unless his amendment is added. No American should face legal harassment or retaliation from the federal government for holding sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions. My amendment would ensure federal bureaucrats do not take discriminatory actions against individuals, Organizations, nonprofits, and other entities based on their sincerely held religious beliefs or moral convictions about marriage by prohibiting the denial or revocation of taxism status, licenses, contracts, benefits. It would affirm that individuals still have the right to act according to their faith and deepest convictions, even outside of their church or home. This is critical, folks. Critical. This is where you have to balance whatever you want to do with marriage with the religious convictions of someone else. I think these can exist together. And I think it's vital. Mike Lee's amendment is supported. Senators in North and South Carolina, do you hear me? Tom Tillis. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And on that text line, this person saying, what do you think about Apple? Talking about removing the Twitter app from the App Store. Because of this free speech now being allowed. Yeah, there's an ongoing battle between Twitter and Apple. This is a titanic battle. It'll be interesting to see what direction this takes between these giant companies. Also on the text line, in reference to this marriage issue pending in the Senate, Vince, you can... You know that we can count on Tom Tillis to make the best decision for himself. Ouch. That is from Alan out of Gastonia. We'll have another important story about what's going on in Congress. This one, a warning from the man who would like to be Speaker of the House. 
It's something we've touched on before. But there is a new wrinkle in this. I think it's part of a new campaign strategy by the man who would like to be speaker. We'll address this coming up. Are you watching what is taking place in China right now? You knew it was a matter of time. Seeing the protests, not just in one city, but in a number of cities over the COVID-19 restrictions. Folks, think about it. Can you imagine up to three years of lockdowns? It has to be profoundly stifling. And a lot of people have simply had enough. The Chinese state has now responded to rare widespread displays of public anger with repressive measures. Police cracking down on protests spreading across the country. Reports of arrests. People being forced to delete photos of the demonstrations. Talk about attacks on free speech. Barriers installed in central Shanghai to prevent further gatherings. Crowds gathered in the capital, Beijing, Sunday night, Monday morning, is a rare outbreak of widespread public dissent. Protesters chanting, need freedom and want to work. There's growing discontent. Growing discontent. As this country remains locked down, while the rest of the world has moved on. And they're calling for the ruling Communist Party and its leader, Xi Jinping, to step down. Activists posted photos on social media of themselves holding blank sheets of paper in solidarity with the protests. Hashtags associated with the movement blocked on Chinese social network, Weibo. Actually, it's Weibo. Folks, this, can I just tell you, This is the way the radical left would like for things to work. Will the government and big tech work in sync to suppress thoughts that are contrary to theirs? This is what they think. COVID measures have confined millions of Chinese people to quarantines and forced the closure of many businesses. Boy, is this a familiar tune. The wave of protests started Thursday after a fire in one province killed 10 people. Amid allegations, firefighters were hampered by COVID restrictions. Angry crowds targeted infrastructure for controlling the virus in the aftermath of the fire. Demonstrators. Well, they've started taking to the streets in other Chinese cities. Calling for the president to step down. This is pretty defiant. This guy's been in power for nine years. We want to live a normal life, one protester says. We should all bravely express our feelings. I don't know the impact this will bring, but these actions will inspire people around us to express their appeals and protect their own rights. The Chinese state, as you would expect, working to restore order. Heavy police presence. Dispersing crowds in Shanghai and Beijing with several arrests. Protests are reportedly taken away on a bus. Wonder where they're going. 
photographers prevented from taking pictures. In some cases, police have apprehended them and forced them to delete their photos. BBC journalist Ed Lawrence reportedly beaten and kicked as he was arrested in Shanghai. A spokesperson for the Chinese government said the journalist failed to properly identify himself. How dare he? (laughs) The UK government said to be watching events in China with concern, I'm sure. Amnesty International calling on the Chinese government to respect the right to peaceful protest. What right to peaceful protest? It doesn't exist in China. Solidarity rallies underway in cities around the world, including Tokyo and Sydney. China moved to address public concerns by easing some COVID measures, like shortening the length of mandatory quarantine. You know, that's a drop in the bucket. The city government of Beijing announced it would no longer set up barriers to access to apartment compounds where infections are found. How kind of them. Local authorities in one city announced plans to resume public transport services and reopen some businesses in low-risk areas of the province. But cases of the virus continue to soar. 40,052 reported Monday, a fifth consecutive daily record. This is crazy. While so many other areas of the world, they've got this under control, still not under control in China. Public dissatisfaction over COVID restrictions has been further fueled by broadcast from the FIFA World Cup, showing crowds watching the football without masks. China has reportedly responded by reducing the footage of crowds on state TV. (laughs) They don't want them to see that there is life out there without masks. This reminds you of anything, folks? What's scary is we've got people right here in this country who are perfectly content with these kinds of repressive measures, and they did it for as long as they could get away with it. It just looks softer here, doesn't it? Isn't that wonderful? Still to come in the broadcast, a warner, well, warning from the man who would like to be Speaker of the House. It's a dire warning. How seriously should this be taken? And what should the price be for this guy? A little bit later on, we'll also talk about a big pay raise for a Charlotte City leader. Boy, this money is serious money. I'm in the wrong field. (laughs) We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program over on the text line. Oh, my goodness. Here's a response to what I had to say about the marriage subject under debate in the Senate. I think you should be able to marry as many people as you can find jobs for. (laughs) Chris out of Shelby. Would you happen to have the erections speech from Herschel Walker? I need a good laugh. My goodness. It's so juvenile. Which is one of the reasons I haven't played it, but... Do we have that ready, Chris? Can we uh, meet this request to amuse this? By the way, let me set the stage for you. This is an interview I believe took place on the Fox News channel. And uh, by the way, if 
time permits, maybe we'll talk about what's going on in that race because it's really tight. Really, really tight. This runoff that's coming up between Herschel Walker and the incumbent. And I want you to picture on the right side of your screen is Lindsey Graham. On the left side of your screen is Ted Cruz. In the middle, Herschel Walker. And here is what he had to say. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. As you might expect, this is just... (laughs) People have had a blast with this one. Poor Herschel Walker. And and I've said... You you know the concerns I've expressed about Herschel Walker for some time. Um... This is one of those situations where you have, um, let's just say, challenging and worse. I mean, he's running against a hardcore socialist. That's the challenge here. Also on the text line, nothing wrong with free speech, but again, how far can you go with it? Is free speech going to be like gun control where everyone thinks... There should be no limitation, just asking. Sometimes we get free as everything with no filters. This texture saying it's too bad Chinese citizens are not allowed to bear arms. Well, you know what would happen. <laughs> we would not have a country that is controlled by a communist dictatorship. That would be over. 40,000 cases a day in a country of over a billion is nothing. Well, it's a big deal to the communist Chinese government. And you need to remember, this is not about people's health at the end of the day anyway. This is ultimately about control. In response to your comments about big tech and government working together, we have antitrust laws the government should be using to prevent this versus aiding and abetting it. There should be lawsuits filed to stop the practice of cheating these big companies, actually creating these big companies via favorable monetary incentives and tax treatment. Yeah. All of us who can think still know Biden's son was protected so that he could win now. We want to know who withheld information and helped to tell lies about covid It's a good question. Very, very good question. (laughs) This texture says a billion armed citizens would kick anyone's ass. They certainly would. Any limitation on speech is not free speech. That's to the texture that wants some limitations. Vince, love your show. Have a blessed day. It's from Greg. Let's talk about what's going on. In fact, we have a companion story. NBC did a really interesting story on the last time there was a floor fight for Speaker of the House. It's a really intriguing story. We don't have time to go into this before the break. We're going to talk about this, time permitting, in the next hour. But I want to talk about the matter at hand, which is Kevin McCarthy. He is quite concerned about the possibility that the Democrats could pick the next speaker, even though Republicans are in the majority. 
Kevin McCarthy and Sean Spicer had this conversation. This was on Newsmax TV. Here is the warning from Kevin McCarthy. Listen up. Well, we have to listen, but you have to listen to everybody in the conference because five people on any side can stop anything when you're in the majority. I think when you look at the past history, when, when uh, Paul Ryan ran, he had more people vote against him in the conference, and then they voted for him on the floor. We got five more weeks. We're working through our conference rules today. We want to make sure that everybody has input, but we have to speak as one voice. We will only be successful if we work together or we'll lose individually. This is very fragile that we are the only stopgap for this Biden administration. And if we don't do this right, the Democrats can take the majority. If we play games on the floor, the Democrats can end up picking who the speaker is. So I think at the end of the day, calmer heads will prevail. We'll work together to find the best path for Forward. And uh, I believe at the end of the day, since I've been leader, all we've done is been able to gain uh, seats. We have not lost seats. We've won seats each and every time where the rest of Republicans have lost. So I think at the end of the day, we'll find the right path and we'll make the American public proud of what we're able to accomplish and turn this economy back around because we're going to focus on the right. people, not on politics. Oh, gosh. I, I'm serious, folks. This guy feels so slimy to me, so profoundly slimy. You know, and I still would like to know why he never responded to the Freedom Caucus weeks ago. This is a man who is a, he's a brilliant politician. But I think many of you are not looking for brilliant politicians. You're looking for someone who's going to really speak for you, represent your values, your ideas. Coming up, an interesting Transformation Tuesday. Politics as religion. We'll address this and much more as we continue. Hour number two is straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, an independent voice for liberty, an oasis of sanity and civility, a breath of fresh air. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast, and over on the text line, before we get to Transformation Tuesday, we have this. This is an interesting text. Vince, imagine if we dropped as much military hardware for Ukraine into China. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Honestly, it would be kind of a drop in the bucket. That's my concern. Maybe McCarthy should concede to the other Republican if he feels they need to talk as one and things are so fragile. <laughs> You're not going to see that happen. This is a power-hungry politician. He can taste that speakership. He really can. I think you know that. I do not trust that guy. Vince, we so desperately need new blood in Republican leadership. McCarthy and McConnell are part of the Washington elitist class and represent the status quo. They go along to get along with their fellow elites on the other side. We don't need elitists. We need representatives of the people, not of the politically connected. My goodness, amen to that. Vince, is it true that Trump died with a white nationalist? Really? This is a question mark? This story's old. Yes, last Tuesday, he did dine with a white nationalist. And Kanye West. <laughs> you know, I think one of the funny things 
that emerged from that particular story is how furious he was when Kanye suggested that Trump should be his running mate. <laughs> I mean, this is the battle of the narcissist here. I mean, I would love to have watched that. That'd be great if there was video. On the subject of free speech, ask the texter if they're cool with someone posting the N-word continuously on social media. I mean, this is the kind of thing that can be very easily blocked. Very easy. I want to address something and that I've talked about plenty of times before. But I was listening to a program yesterday, and I was really impressed. One person I'm familiar with already, because I periodically listen to her show, the other person's kind of new to the scene, and I'm um, hoping to read his book very, very soon. Because they were having a conversation about something that I really think is vital for us to get a grip on. Our dearly departed Rush Limbaugh. One of the points that he made is how... Democrats, for Democrats, politics is religion. It's religion. And I've always believed, when he said that, I think I heard that way back in the 80s, and I was like, oh my goodness, that is so true. But imagine my dismay, as I've watched in recent years, as so many... So many people I thought I was in sync with have become the same way, allegedly on the right. Politics has become much too important. There may be some additional audio that I extract from this sometime on the subject of democracy, uh, because the author of this book you're going to hear, his name is Shadi Hamid. He's written a book called The Problem of Democracy. And the thoughts he shared are just really insightful. What I'm going to share with you now are some comments on the subject of how important politics has become. Now, I, I probably should have let Shadi Hamid explain this himself. He talked about the night of the election, the 2016 election, how he cried. You see, Shadi is Muslim, he's an immigrant, and he had been taking in so much of the propaganda about Donald Trump and how he was going to allegedly discriminate against Muslims and how the world was going to be horrible, yada, yada, yada. I love the way he told me, not told me, but told the audience, how his dad reassured him because his dad had been in the country longer and assured him this country was going to be okay. I, it was heartwarming to listen to this because I'm, I'm hearing this conversation and, and, and I believe Shadi may be left of center. But he recognizes something that I think we all need to recognize. And, and this is kind of an appeal 
that I'm putting out to everyone within the sound of my voice, it's for all of us to do some self-examination. How important is this political stuff to us? Is it more important than God? Is it more important than our fellowship with God? Is it more important than our fellowship with other believers? Is it more important than our relationship with our neighbor? Is it more important than our family, our marriages, our parenting, our children? I want to share these two clips with you. The first is from Shadi Hamid. He's written the book Problem of Democracy. And he addresses this very subject about how politics has started filling a void. A void it probably should not fill. Listen up. People are looking for meaning in their lives. They want to feel like they're part of a tribe, that they belong to something bigger than themselves. And increasingly, politics gives them a way to feel that. And I think part of that has to do with the decline of traditional religion in, in America. It's a bit of a different topic, but it is worth noting that as our country has become more secular and for the first time in a recorded in American history, church attendance has gone below 50%. So a growing number of Americans don't have any way to anchor themselves, to orient themselves around something bigger. And also, you know, uh, people are waiting to build families, to have kids, and sometimes they're not even doing that. So there is a real vacuum. And what are people filling that vacuum with? Increasingly, with these new political ideologies, whether it's anti-Trump resistance or hyper-wokeism, um, the list goes on. But also on the right, you know, whether white nationalism and um, and these kind of nativist approaches that are very, in my view, contrary to the American idea, which is not about being part of a particular ethnicity. It's about believing in the American idea, and that should be open to everyone. But the fact that we see right and left going in these somewhat crazy directions, it shows that people feel that something is wrong and they don't know how to express it and they don't have the normal channels of religion, family and community to to absorb the, those feelings. And I think that's that's mm -hmm. a real problem. Obviously, there's no solution to that unless we have a religious awakening, but that's where we're at. My goodness, this was in the midst of this conversation I was listening to yesterday. This was like a curveball. I thought, oh, my goodness, this guy's speaking my language. Because he's recognizing the foundations that need to be restored. It's not politics. What is he talking about? Religion, family, relationship, community. We're going to hear another clip on this, and I absolutely want to get your thoughts as we continue our Tuesday broadcast and Tuesday transformation. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday, I share a piece of audio with you from an author, and I believe this guy's left of center, I believe he is, expressing concern about how we are looking for meaning, and too many people are finding that in politics, rather than in things that really matter, religion, relationships family community 
You heard one of the last comments he made about how he's not too optimistic things are going to change unless there's some sort of spiritual awakening. You know, I'm already perked up by listening to the comments he's already communicated. Shadi Hamid, by the way, I mentioned the book he's written, The Problem of Democracy, which I'm very eager to read. So, his comments are followed up by the host of the program, Megan Kelly, who further goes on to develop this subject of the vacuum that exists out there. And she follows up on this idea of the possibility of a spiritual awakening. Listen up. I mean, I hope we do. I, I think you're right. This vacuum that's been created has been filled with a bunch of false idols. And it's no accident that depression and anxiety and suicidality are at all-time highs. People are feeling that void, the absence of relationships, friendships, things that matter, church values. What is church? What, what do you get out of church every, every week? Yes, a connection to God, a chance to be closer to, for me, Jesus, but whatever, whoever it is that you're there to talk to and, and what you believe in, but also values. Your, your church, your mosque, your temple, they tend to reinforce a set of values that you then hope will imprint on your children. You hope will back up what you've already been teaching your children. You don't do any of that. What do you have? Your kids sit on the device every, every day of worship instead of being with his or her family, taking the walk there or the drive there, doing the donuts or the brunch afterward or whatever it is, the Shabbat dinner. It could be anything, but these rituals take time and they they require thought, consideration, to some extent love, and you remove all that at your own peril and at, at the peril of the larger community. Wow. What do you think? <laughs> I was quite intrigued when I heard this discussion. I want to hear your contribution. Are they on the money here? And honestly, and I know this is pure fantasy on my part, I'd love to see leaders come along who will talk like this, recognizing, you know what? Your biggest issues and problems This is where you need to find the help. First from God. Then within family and community. We need to rebuild those things. Let's do those things together. So the government does the least. This solves everything. I mean, this cuts across all partisan discussion and conversation. With a recognition that if we don't get these foundations right... Uh, there's no hope of politics ever fixing any of this stuff. What do you think? Would love to get your perspective on these things. By the way, I need to tell you about a death of note. How many of you are familiar with Clarence Gilliard Jr.? He started in Top Gun and Die Hard. Also known for roles in Matlock. 66-year-old actor, film and theater professor at UNLV College of Fine Arts. Passed away after a long illness. In a statement seen by Variety, 
UNLV film chair Heather Addison said Professor Gilliard was a beacon of light and strength for everyone around him. Whenever we asked him how he was, he would cheerfully declare he was blessed. But we're truly the ones who are blessed to be his colleagues and students for so many years. We love you. We'll miss you dearly, Professor G. And the tributes are flooding in for the late actor on Twitter. Jason Smith writing, Oh my goodness, Clarence Gilliard Jr., Die Hard, Top Gun, legendary roles, legendary career, and a beloved UNLV professor. Rest in peace. Screenwriter Ben Treblecook typing sad to learn of the passing of Professor Clarence Gilliard. A terrific actor, too, whom of course played Theo in Die Hard. A surviving character I brought back in my Die Hard 6. Sending thoughts and prayers to his family at this time. Those of you uh, who uh, are not familiar, perhaps you have a better idea of who we're referring to now. Clarence Gilliard Jr. passing away at the age of 66. Over on the text line, we have some pretty interesting responses to what I shared about where we are as a country. This is kind of sad, but I think this text might be on the money. Unfortunately, Vince, it'll take a terrorist attack to get people in church. I think it's going to take crisis. You know, I remember back during... Do you remember, those of you regular listeners to this broadcast, I told you I prayed something very specific for Donald Trump. I prayed that he would experience crisis that would be so great it would drive him to his knees. Unfortunately, we've not seen Mr. Trump fall to his knees in humble submission. But this is not a comment about Trump. This is a comment about us as a society. We are not repentant, are we? We're really not. We have fallen to the same idolatry as our friends on the left. We also have this, Vince, always love your perspective and agree more than disagree. Our society has all been stripped of religion. It's Satan's world. Most of those in power are evil in sheep's clothing. Got to get back to God. Forget about political science and all their crap and division. This whole world needs God. Amen to that. Coming back closer to home, did you hear about the big pay raise to the city of Charlotte's best paid employee? Charlotte Observer reporting on this decision last night to give city manager Marcus Jones, who accepted the job in 2016, a 14% raise. He will receive a total $434,551 a year. He's Charlotte's first black manager, currently getting about $380,000. You know what that breaks down to hourly? $182 an hour, according to the city's salary database. The raise approved in an 8-3 vote. Council members Luanda Mayfield, Renee Johnson, and Braxton Winston voted against the raise. Good for them. Mayfield saying a salary of nearly half a million dollars 
impractical for a government <laughs> the size of city of Charlotte. Stay with us. Variation on a social media meme. How about this one? If you ever use self-checkouts, then you have a right to go to Walmart's employee Christmas party. (laughs) I've talked about this before. I've, I've got a couple of friends. They are militant about this. They will not go and check themselves out. They will not at all. It's crazy. I mean, from my perspective, it's crazy. But what do I know? Over on the text line, the attack on religion, family, community. It's being waged through the political system. It's not a reaction to this that's caused many to get so involved with politics. Yes, it is. Agree with the premise, but think you need to look at the next layer of the onion. What is that next layer? Curious. I'm sure you've heard the late, great Paul Harvey and his If I Were the Devil broadcast. Yes. I think he might have given the devil an idea. Believe me, he had it long before Paul Harvey. I guarantee it. Jeff writes in, rest in peace, Ranger Trevet. Heart-shattering news to somebody who's watched many episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. Don't forget about the pension, the benefits that go along when this city manager retires from the city of Charlotte. The cost is going to be even greater than what it is now. My favorite scripture, not this texture. Judge not lest you be judged. You have no idea what relationships others have with our holy God. You're not privy to things that happen behind closed doors. Some of us are very private. Why do people, this always amuses me, because most of the time when I see people who quote this scripture, do you know you're making a judgment? (laughs) I'm just saying, this person adds, I find your judgments extremely short-sighted and unwise. Call and tell me, what, what am I misjudging? Please tell me. I would love to hear. Also added, arrogant. That's really good. And most of the time, when I hear people talk about how private, what it is they have that's private, if it's not manifest publicly, it's not worth having. I know that's offensive to some people. But I'm just telling you, this is not about religiosity. What Jesus talks about is loving God and loving your neighbor. He talks about having a life that spills into the lives of other people. This is not about having some little private altar in your home. I'm not criticizing you. I'm not attacking you or judging you. But I'm saying if you've got something that's authentic, it bleeds into everything you are and do. That's all. Jeff, no, no, no. We do not need religion as religion in and of itself, is simply going through the motions, the rituals, real substance. We need new relationship with Jesus Christ and getting rides with God. Jeff, so insightful always.
Vince, I've been checking myself out for years every time I look in the mirror. <laughs> you sarcastic punk, whoever you are. That's funny. I like that one. That's one of my favorite texts today, by the way. Thanks for the laugh. Vince, I get angry when self-checkout is not available. I prefer to have the person checking me out have a bit of intelligence. I can be faster and more efficient. If I'm just left to do it myself, I'm there with you. Boy, this texture really hit something on the head. Vince, I don't remember the part where Jesus said, only love me in your closet. Ooh. This goes to the point I was making earlier. It's funny how everybody remembers the verse about not judging. Everybody forgets the verse about how we're supposed to rebuke sin and we're supposed to do it out loud. And with witnesses, if need be, there are situations where that's indeed true. Just a sampling of items on the text line. Do we have time to do this justice? I think we can try. We talked earlier about Kevin McCarthy, how he's warning the Democrats could actually end up leading the House if Republicans don't coronate him. I mean, that's really what he's saying. How about the history? Andy Biggs, by the way, from Arizona, leader of the Conservative Freedom Caucus, says McCarthy does not have the votes. Some of the stages of grief include denial. So there will be some denial. Then there will be the stage of bargaining where people are trying to figure out, will there be some sort of consensus candidate that emerges? We'll get a load of this. I think this is so cool. History. 1855 and 6. December 3rd, 1855. House called to order at noon. The chamber moved to the first order of business, electing the speaker. No favorite for the job. 21 candidates received votes for speaker on the first ballot. None getting the majority needed. There was no choice. The Congressional Globe printed that day. The House held three more six unsuccessful votes for speaker that day before adjourning just before two. In the weeks that followed, the House was in gridlock. No candidate could clinch the votes needed. It wasn't until, are you ready for this? The 133rd ballot. Representative Nathaniel Banks of Massachusetts was elected Speaker of the House, defeating Representative William Aiken. Where do you think he's from? South Carolina. By a vote of 103 to 100. February 2nd, 1856. Two months after the first Speaker vote. The House concluded business that day by unanimously adopting a resolution thanking the clerk for presiding during the arduous and protracted contests for Speaker. The last time we had multiple ballots, 1923. Frederick Gillett sought re-election, and people didn't go along originally. But there were multiple ballots, and ultimately... There was a deal struck, and he ended up holding on to his position. Could we see a repeat of this? I doubt it. I think somebody's going to end up making a deal. But the uh, theatrics would be interesting to watch if there is no deal. <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. 